Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Ken Carmen Show. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. National Mortgage Lender Quicken Loans brings you Rocket Mortgage with you there every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. 20 minutes from now, I heard the term this week for the first time, fluid fan. It made me sick. It made me thankful for college football, but it made me absolutely sick. Also in 40 minutes, win now or kiss your ass goodbye. Who's on the true hot seat of people, what people care about when it comes to college football? And we might dive back into the Tyreek Hill thing. Real quick on my thought about that. I think Tyreek Hill needs to thank his lucky stars that he's with such an open place like the NFL. And I'm dead serious about that. I think in a lot of other walks of life, if we're public figures and we are a part of that, of what's going on. I say in the NFL, the best case scenario, which is sick, but this is true. The best case scenario is that you have two people using a small child against each other in an argument. I think there's a serious problem with that. Serious problem with that. And I think that if the NFL just decided, you know what? We gave you a second chance and you're still in the news for something nasty here. We can't prove anything, but we know you're making us look bad. And we know that you're looking bad and you're making the chiefs look bad. I think if they just decided to let him go in perpetuity, say you're banned, I think the NFL fans would just move on. I think Chiefs fans would just move on. Like most fans, they make you do a mental gymnastics of, well, maybe we'll figure it out and maybe we can, you just mold it to a way you can live with it. I don't think you need to do that. I don't think you need to do that as a football, baseball, basketball, hockey fan. I don't think you need to do that as a pro sports fan. 855-2124-CBS. We are five weeks away from college football. Couldn't be more excited. And since we're five weeks away from college football, we preview the Power Five. Well, no better time to do it after Jim Harbaugh, what he said about Urban Meyer and what he just said about being able to transfer after a year. We welcome in Bill Bender to preview the Big Ten. Bill Bender of the Sporting News. You might have heard him on the Browns Radio Network. You might have seen him on SportingNews.com. You might have heard Angry Bender. You might have seen him on Twitter at BillBender92. It's Bill Bender. Bill, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, Ken. It's great to be on with you. And, uh, yeah, we can get right to it. You fire away. Let me know what you want to talk about. Who is going to win the Big Ten this year? We're going to pick Ohio State, but with the understanding that we're going to make Michigan prove it on the field. I understand that the writers picked Michigan. I understand the questions about Ohio State with first-time head coach and a first-time quarterback, quite frankly. But I think the Buckeyes are still a little more talented. I think Jim Harbaugh's comments, and we'll, we'll dig into them, I'm sure, are it's the most confident he's been in Michigan. I'll say that. That's what I took out of some of the things he was saying this week because he was always weird at media day anyway. But uh, this was the most direct I've seen him in terms of aiming at Ohio State. I thought that was – there were a lot of people who took umbrage with it as Ohio State fans because we're in the same state, obviously, Bill. Uh, I don't have the affinity towards Ohio State. A lot of people do. I went to Akron. Once I went to Akron, I was like, eh, you know what? They're great, but whatever. 
Um, I think both were right. I think that, yeah, controversy does surround Urban Meyer wherever he goes. But I also think that Jim Harbaugh is probably coming to terms with, you know what, you're paid $7 million a year. You weren't paid $7 million a year to beat Ryan Day. You were there to beat Urban Meyer, and you didn't do it. Well, something you said after the game last year stuck with me that I think you tweeted it, actually, and I, re- I remember it clearly. It's, it was something to the effect of not beating Urban Meyer will always stick with, Ur- with Jim Harbaugh in his mm-hmm. crawl. And uh, I bet if you search that tweet, you could find it, which is a little bit creepy. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the point. He can't beat Har- Ur- Urban Meyer, so he took a little bit of a parting shot that on its face, yeah, it's pretty factual, but also on its face comes across in the competitive world a little bit like sour grapes. At least that's how I took it. So I almost think it was an unnecessary parting shot. I know everything Jim Harbaugh does is calculated, and I tried to do the math on this one. I just couldn't do it. So, of course, Ohio State fans are going to get upset, and, of course, Michigan fans are going to rush to his defense. And then we get a secondary kind of fake controversy in my mind with the transfer comments. Jim was saying they should be able to transfer once without sitting out a year. He kind of sloppily said it using a bad example, but um, I'm all for that. I think guys should be able to come and go once, and then the second time, then you can make it hard on them. I agree. I, I think I agree with what he's saying, and and I and again, he, he released a statement. This was after the Big Ten media days yesterday, and you're right about it when he was talking about a former player. Former player wanted to talk to him about – uh, it was James Hudson, correct, who wanted to talk to him about uh, depression, and it kind of turned into a weird transfer conversation. And the mother was quite upset about it. Bill, this is what I'm getting, correct? Yeah, that's that's what happened, and, and yeah. it, it became Jim Harbaugh isn't for mental health, and I just don't think that's true. I think he was getting more at the waiver process, which the waiver process has been wildly inconsistent. You know, Justin mm-hmm. Fields and Tate Martell get one; the, the Illinois tight end doesn't. Um, and that's why I think the solution is okay. If you've got kids for three to four years and they're 18-year-old kids and this isn't 1959 anymore, let them transfer once. Live with their decision. You know, you've made a bad decision, go somewhere else. The second time you do it, I would make it near impossible to get a waiver and you do have to sit out a year. I think that's just the best way to advocate student-athlete and maybe appease these coaches who like to throw out it's going to be Wild West and free agency. How many times you heard those, Ken? I think that's ridiculous, too. Yeah, but I, okay, I, and fine. If they want to be upset about it, that's fine. But you're all, the guys who are arguing about it are basically top-end recruiters anyway. And I think it adds great fun. I, I think Jalen Hurts going to Oklahoma, if they end up back in the playoffs and it's Jalen Hurts and the Oklahoma Sooners against Alabama, even if I wasn't a big college football fan, I'm watching. I'm just I'm watching. It adds It adds more hype to me. It adds more fun to me. And that's... That's what I want. It, uh, listen, I know it's supposed to be student-athlete and all that stuff. I think if we're sitting down and watching on a Saturday, we're not thinking about them taking their tests. We're, we're thinking about being entertained. And I would be entertained with Jalen Hurts and the Oklahoma Sooners in the first playoff round against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Who isn't? Who isn't, Bill? I mean, that's well, just the, the proof. Can we get entertained by a Jake Fromm versus Justin Fields as well? I think you Ooh, know, no. it would be equally entertaining for Georgia fans who are going to track Justin Fields with the same interest that they do their own quarterback. Now, the bad news with these matchups is I think the other big storyline from Media Day this week, and it's not necessarily Big Ten because I'm down at ACC, mm-hmm. this is just a personal opinion. I thought Clemson handled everything well this week in terms of talking about starting over. I think Alabama was looking at a little bit at the past, and as that the last Star Wars movie taught us, you're supposed to let the past die and kill it if you have to, and uh, Nick Saban's not doing that. 
it seemed like Nick Saban wanted to blame everybody but himself and, and Alabama for getting their ass kicked in the national championship game. Couldn't agree more. And here's how I would take that a step further, that every year you talk about Nick Saban and he talks about the process. And mm-hmm. he just can't admit that for once the process was flawed and Clemson was better. And at the end of the day, Trevor Lawrence is a transcendent quarterback that took it to you with some first-round receivers. And uh, I think they should be more worried about to the future. And Dabo, I was in Charlotte all week. Dabo was talking about, in, in the only, as only Dabo can, using great analogies, talking about starting over. And uh, I think Clemson right now is the standard, which I wouldn't have said to you last year at this time. I think right now Clemson is the standard, gold standard program, uh, good recruiting, good mentality, and on top of it, they've got the best quarterback since Peyton Manning. See, now I'm glad that we're talking about that. We, we did this at the top of the hour because we, we went way away from the Big Ten. Now we're talking about college football and our juices are flowing here. And i got to bring you back. Bill Bender joining us. <laughs> Sporting news to preview the Big Ten, even though that we're talking about Nick Saban and Nick Saban kind of covering up getting his ass kicked. Let me ask you this, though. I question Ryan Day because I don't know him that well. And I wonder whether or not this is Gene Smith's version of Lincoln Riley. Tell me why I'm wrong. It is in a lot. I think it's going to be. I think I've been around the program long enough that if I had to use a word about last year, it would be exhausting. It was exhausting from this point when Urban Meyer went to media day through the suspension, through the wild day at the Longenberger house, through the three game suspension, through Bose's injury. And you forget, like everybody remembers Michigan in the big 10 championship. You almost forget the work that day did with the guy that finished third in the Heisman with a record setting season. So I think, their offense is going to continue to evolve with day. There's we, you get this like, Oh, he's an affable guy and he's nice. He is, but he's also has an edges and a competitor. And I think um, he proved it in that three game stretch. Now what he's going to have to do that urban did for seven years is, is win the big games. Can nobody, I don't know that anybody, I, I think the stat was urban lost one big 10. What was it? One home game in the big 10 in seven mm-hmm. years to Michigan mm-hmm. state. One home game in the Big Ten. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, Ryan Day's going to have a lot of chances to prove it, and I think the first one against be against Nebraska on September 28th. Phil Steele put Nebraska the number one spot over there in the West. Can you believe it? I'm not there yet, and I can tell you why. I'm excited about Adrian Martinez in the offense. I understand that. You look back at their losses last year against the Michigans, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, they gave up more than 30 points per game. I think Wisconsin's going to be a little bit better with their offensive line, freshman quarterback, Heisman Trophy candidate running back. And it's such a boring answer to go on the radio and say, ah, it'll be Wisconsin. But that's where I'm at (laughs) with that division. I think Northwestern's going to be good. I think any one of six teams could win it, and Nebraska will factor in. But I I just think the Ohio State-Wisconsin answer is a little bit safe. And Nebraska and Michigan, while good picks, they need to prove it. And both of those programs, quite honestly, have needed to prove it since 1997. What about P.J. Fleck in Minnesota? Is this kind of – it's his third year, right? Is this kind of a Mm put-up-or-shut-up season for him? Well, I thought they took the steps in the right direction uh, last year, winning a bull game, and, you know, he's quirky too. He's like a low-grade hardball in a lot of ways in terms Mm -hmm. of the sayings and and how quick quick he talks and, you know. But the work he did at Western Michigan speaks for itself. You're a Mac guy too. You saw it. and then I think their crossover schedule's friendly. They don't get Michigan. They don't get Ohio State. And in that Big Ten West where there's not, there's a lot of parity, Minnesota could be a lot like Northwestern last year, Ken, where they kind of 
maybe they're not that great, but because of the schedule, they're going to have a chance in November to win that division. Well, you see, because in Bill Bender joining us on the show, I know that PJ's polarizing. I like him. I'm one of the guys who do like him, and I think that he's a pretty good coach, and, and I like what he's about. Uh, but there are some people go, you know, seven and six, third year. You see Matt Campbell in that same conference doing better at Iowa State. And I know it's the Big 12. We'll leave the Big 12 out of it. But then if you have Scott Frost passing you up at Nebraska, I don't think people think the way Nebraska is thought of. Been, I don't think people think the same way about Nebraska that they thought of them 30 years ago, obviously. But if you no. get passed up by Scott Frost in year two, and if you're seven and six again, you might get a couple of people wondering what you're really about. Well, and again, when you have okay, let's let's just cross Illinois off. Though Lovey Lovey Smith has the best beard in the Big Ten, so you take the other six teams. Whoever finishes sixth is kind of on this merry-go-round. Their coach is going to feel that because I think Iowa probably feels like they can win the division with Epines on defense and Nate Stanley, an experienced quarterback that some believe is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. So that circles back to Minnesota. Where's Purdue going to feel after this year? After Brom turned down Louisville, they've got the most exciting player in the conference in Rondale Moore. What if they finish sixth? What if it's Wisconsin, Northwestern, Nebraska? You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they're going to have to beat each other up, and they're all about the same. I mean, that's that's probably going to be the most exciting division race in college football, but it's also going to end up with like a 9-3 and three or 8-4 and four champion. If they finish like 6-6, six and 7-6 six, and six again, like Purdue – like I, I bring up Purdue, I bring up Minnesota. Like Jeff Brom, yeah, he didn't go to Louisville. Okay, you got still got major money in Louisville, not what you had before, obviously, but you still have major money in Louisville. Is it the thing of you hold on to those guys because they can finish seven and six at places like Minnesota and Purdue? Well, yeah, I mean, and expectations. It's it's about knowing who you are in some ways. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so blunt, but college football has right now, I, I in my opinion, six teams that can actually win the whole thing. And when the class is that small, if you go eight and four at Minnesota, that's pretty good. If you win the Big Ten West in Evanston, I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, that, that's a remarkable job regardless of what happens when you get there. So I think several teams in the Big Ten are like that. The difference, though, Ken, Scott Frost isn't expected to go eight and four at Nebraska. And I know all the challenges there. They're going to expect after this year, they're going to expect 10 and two in Indianapolis and, you know, on the level. And that's why the differences for guys like Harbaugh and Frost versus the differences for guys like Fleck and Brom. That's why I kind of bristle a little bit when people say, well, Brom and Fleck are better coaches than Harbaugh. I don't think that's the case because of the expectations at the job. I agree with that. Bill, Bill Bender joining us on the show. How does, do you have to be perfect? Do you have to be 12-0 and 0 and win the Big Ten championship to get into the playoffs right now if you're the Big Ten, if you're a Big Ten team? No, but you can't do what Ohio State's done the last two years, which is... Get, get throttled somewhere you shouldn't. So, mm-hmm. but if Ohio State loses by a field goal to Wisconsin at home, or uh, you know if somehow Michigan State gets them by a field goal or something, and then they reel off the rest, then I think they get in. Because here's the here's the thing, and this is when I I hear about 18 playoff talk. This is the first thing I always say, and it's, I don't know if I've given you this speech. I'm sorry if I do. Go ahead. We're not going to eight playoff teams until all five conferences are playing the same number of games. Because since the Big Ten went to nine, that extra crossover has bitten Ohio State in the backside. And uh, that, that, that's the difference. And I think you've got to go 11-1. and one. You can't lose twice. You go 12-1. and one. And it, like I said, as Ohio State proved, just don't, don't get your butt kicked in the one you lose. 
Yeah, man, they look listless in those games that they lose. That game at Iowa two years ago, and then Purdue. It's Purdue still scoring touchdowns. I. It's yeah. just. Uh, you're right. You're right, Bill. It, it was on the Big Ten Network yesterday, and I and I was rewatching it. I was just like, how did this happen? Such and, an and, assing. You know, it was such an assing. I'm, I'm, I'm watching that game. I'll never. I'm watching that game in my office, Bill, and I go. And eh, they'll turn around. They, they'll turn around, and I'm just I kept. I go. Well, this is amazing. They don't care. They are getting boat raced on TV in the lights. The place is going nuts, and they didn't seem to care in that game. Right, and that's and that's the thing. You because that whether or not you believe Ohio State was better than Oklahoma or Georgia, I think they were better than Georgia because Georgia lost twice. But um, that was it, Ohio State faces that unenviable task where they have to look the part. You know. Alabama and Clemson lose games, but they always look the part, no matter what. So, I, I think that's the key: just go twelve and one, and don't get destroyed on the road by Purdue or Iowa or anybody else in the Big Ten West. I still, I got, I still got to tell you, Bill. I think a loss to LSU and a loss to Alabama is still better than one loss to Purdue. I got it. I'm sorry, buddy. I apologize. <laughs> it's just, man. Now I got nothing against the fine folks at Purdue University, but that's ridiculous. Uh, all right, so you're picking Michigan to win the whole thing. Is that what it is, or who are you picking? Final, final gonna, thought. I'll take Ohio the, State. The Mich- I'll do Ohio State. The, the Michigan Ohio State winner wins the Big Ten, and boy, that's real shocking. But uh, and I like Wisconsin in the West, and I like if Purdue's good. I like Rondale Moore as your fancy Heisman Trophy kind of dark horse, because I think his numbers are going to be off the charts this year. All right, Bill, I got you penciled in there, and I thank you very much, because I, uh, I, every time I pick every time I pick Michigan to win the conference, they embarrass the hell out of me. All right, Bill, thank you for the time, buddy. <laughs> hey, you're the best, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Bill Bender, Sporting News. Find him on Twitter, at BillBender92. Fabulous by him. 855-2124-CBS. I'll tell you why I'm nervous about Michigan, and I heard the term fluid fan yesterday. Thank God for college football. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. I realize right now the same reason I argue against Jim Harbaugh is the same reason I argue for Baker Mayfield. Jim Harbaugh's come out. He's talked tough. They've shown him how Judge Judy with the old man, and he just hasn't accomplished it. I brought up earlier in the show, Jim Harbaugh, he gets paid $7 million a year. He was not paid $7 million a year to beat Ryan Day. He was not paid $7 million a year to get that big win over Mark D'Antonio and Michigan State. Sorry, that's not what he's there to do. He's there to beat Ohio State, and he was there to beat Urban Meyer with Ohio State. Well, Urban Meyer's gone. So I guess the next best thing is Ryan Day, but now the only thing you have left to do is you got to win the Big Ten outright, you got to get into the playoffs, you got to win a national championship. That's what that's, what that's there for. And every time I thought I was, I swear to God, some people, and this is part of the fun of it, and I'm going to get to this coming up in the next segment. But you'll see, you'll look me up on Twitter, which some of you already have done. You'll see what city I broadcast. Well, he's automatically, he's from Ohio. He's got to be a homer. I I swear to you on my children. I went to Akron. I'm not a big Ohio State fan at all. And I was invigorated when Jim Harbaugh got that Michigan job, took that Michigan job. Ohio State fans hate hearing it. Michigan's got to be good. You, you want you got to stop getting your ass handed to you by teams like Purdue and Iowa on the road. Iowa's not even that bad. Purdue was ridiculous. You have to stop that, and you need Michigan to be good. Because if Michigan comes into that game at, at eleven and one, or excuse me, eleven and zero, or ten and one, that's going to be a bigger deal to that committee 
than it is Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State. It just is. I got I, not, that's no offense to you, Wisconsin, Michigan State. I love you. You're good folk. Purdue, Penn State. You got nice callers. Fine, but I'm telling you right now, you know you and you know the truth. You don't mean as much to that committee as what Michigan and Ohio State do. You need each other to be good. That's what makes the rivalry good. Nobody cares about rivalries between weak-ass teams. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about Tulane and LSU because LSU went one way and Tulane went the other way. They care about Ohio State and Michigan. They care about LSU and Georgia. They care about teams that are at the top. They don't want to listen to the other part. And you need Michigan to be good. And every single year... I try to put my stock into Jim Harbaugh. This is going to be the year. This is going to be the year they do it. They're favored at Columbus. I thought they'd win in Columbus. They didn't win in Columbus. Chase Winovich, we're coming for you, Ohio State. He gave up 62 points. It's hard for me to pick Michigan because every year I pick Michigan, and every year you insult my intelligence. And this year, I really want to pick Michigan. I question Ryan Day. I actually, I don't even know if I question Ryan Day. I think I question Gene Smith. I think Gene Smith sees what go, what happened in Oklahoma and goes, man, I really want my final statement here. Because it's always been a question in Columbus of when Gene Smith's going to finally retire. He's made a ton of money for himself. He's made a ton of money for Ohio State. And maybe this is Gene Smith's final, final little statement. Nothing as as far as Ohio State is. It's a national job search that could get the very best of the very best. It's a type of job search that we could have serious conversations about NFL, top-end NFL coaches coming back or top-end guys who are either assistants or, or big names or where they're at jumping up and being the Ohio State head coach. And you picked a guy who's part of the family. You picked Ryan Day. It just reeks of a guy trying to get his own Lincoln Riley. For Ohio State fans, you got to hope he's right. Because if he retires and then Ryan Day has to go at some point because 9-3 and three is not good enough for Ohio State, it's not. If you end up having that type of situation, boy, you look at some of the candidates you could have had, you might be kicking yourself over that time. But I think Ohio State and Michigan need each other, but I also think that that's part of the question that they have where you have a guy like Jim Harbaugh who has to consistently try to motivate players and the same thing for Urban Meyer, and I think it's becoming increasingly difficult to do so. You go back and you watch that Purdue game with Ohio State. I thought they were listless. Bill thought they were listless. Tom's whispering in his ear. He thought they were listless. I think that we are starting to see, and this is part of the monster that Urban created, we're starting to see the backside to playing the 19-year-old phenom because they're not phenoms anymore. They just play because you got to play them because now you're afraid they're going to transfer. So you got to play them. you got to put your athletes in. Your athletes got to run your system because they don't have enough time to study the entire system of what they do. Where a junior and a senior might, you have to play these guys younger and younger and younger. You can't deviate from the system. So that means you better win with your system. Urban Meyer, for better, like the come-from-behind win at Penn State, or for worse, the Big Ten Championship against Michigan State a few years ago, will always stick with the system because he has nowhere else to go. Jim Harbaugh will have to stick with the system. He has nowhere else to go. But you're seeing the the real challenge now because we know more than we've ever known. There was a time where people picked Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, USC, the whole thing. They picked it, one, because they were premier colleges. Two, they wanted to win a national championship and they wanted to be in that national championship picture with a team that they loved. Now it's a business decision. And a 19-year-old, 
who says he loves Ohio State, says he loves Michigan, but does he really? Is he really willing to pay that price when you're down by a bunch in the first quarter and you can come from behind and do it? A kid who plays at Michigan now. You look at Michigan's schedule last year. You find yourself down to Ohio State. You find yourself down to Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. Is he going to give as much as what Tim Biakabatuka gave? Can I say that Shea Patterson, a transfer, can I say that he's going to do and be able to to go back and to breathe and play well? Am I going to be able to get the same out of him that they got out of Drew Henson, Tom Brady, John Navarre? Are they going to be able to do it? My answer is no. You're younger. You're not as equipped as as what those guys would have been. And I think that makes the job that much more difficult for the top coaches in in, in college football. So overall, while I still wait for my pick, God, I want to pick Michigan. But every single time I pick Michigan, boy, you guys just embarrass the hell out of me. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, I heard the term fluid fan. It wanted to make me sick. It also made me very thankful for college football. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-2124-227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. 15 minutes. You can save 15% or more on car insurance. Also, in just over an hour, no matter where you're listening from, get yourself in front of a television. Do yourself a service in just over an hour. CBS Sports Network takes you to the lanes in Las Vegas, Nevada for the Barbasol PBA Tour Finals as the top eight bowlers in the league compete for this year's title on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. Deb Carmen, by the way, the 1980 Canton City champion. Bet you didn't know that, Tom, did you? No. I'm like the Jeffrey Jeffrey Jordan of bowling. My father won a scholarship (laughs) bowling my mother was the 1980 Canton City champion, women's Canton City champion, and I'm not very good. You're the Bronny James of bowling. Now, wait a minute. Bronny James might still be good yeah, at ba- we'll basketball. See. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Jeffrey, like Jeffrey Jordan was good enough to play at Illinois. He just you know, won, won his dad. And I'm certainly not my parents when it comes to bowling. I think we still have the trophy back at my parents' house down in Canton, Ohio. 855-2124-CBS. Yeah, watch some bowling later on today. Dude, come on, it's hotter than hell outside. Get in store, get indoors, watch bowling on CBS Sports Network. I'm going to come out and ask the question. Are you allowed to have more than one favorite team now? If you consider yourself a great big fan, are you allowed to have more than one team now? Because I fear one of two things. One, society's changing for the worse. Or two, I'm, I'm being left behind. I don't want to do that. I did that with with the NBA. I was a little bit afraid where, hey, do you really like the changes that the NBA is making? Do, do you think that there's parity now, or am I kind of stuck in the past? I don't want to be the guy stuck in the past. I am terrified of that as I age. I'm 33 years old right now. My values are certainly much different from me at 23, and they're different from where they're going to be at 43 and 53. And I am terrified. I mean terrified, above all else, of snakes of heights. I am more terrified about being the old guy who becomes increasingly out of touch with where we are as a society because I look back at at certain nostalgic things that make me feel good inside and I don't see the future and I don't try to be a part of the future. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be a guy who's trying to hold on to the past or, or trying too hard, I should say, to be cool and hip and with it in the future. I think that's weird and some hosts try to do that. But I'm very afraid of everything sucks, 
the way things were better, you guys are all wrong, and this generation's going to hell in a handbasket. I don't want to be that guy. So when I see stories like this, I, I do. I, I, I try to be... I try to be open-minded. I really am. I, and and I grew up I grew up a Cleveland Indians fan. But when I got home, the Chicago Cubs were on television. Harry Harry Carey was still part of the broadcast team. I was like 7 years old. How could I not like Harry Carey? So yeah, like okay, well, the, the, at that time, the Indians only played in the American League, so I guess my favorite National League team can be the Cubs. Okay, I guess that's cool. And I really, really love the Cavs. I was the only guy in the neighborhood who liked the Cavs. Michael Jordan was really cool. Oh, well, you know, okay, Cavs aren't that good anymore. Michael Jordan's still good. So, okay, I guess. Even though Michael Jordan hit the shot. But I was really young, so eh, I can still like Michael Jordan. And I've always told you that my favorite Western Conference team has been, and I've always just had an affinity for the Portland Trailblazers. The reason I bring this up is I, I saw something that made me very nervous. From the Sports Innovation Lab. According to the Sports Innovation Lab, the fluid fan will be a changing tide for the unprepared sports industry. A new report explains how the rapid evolution of technology will create fans are continually evolving and open to change. Several characteristics of the fluid fan already emerge. The fluid fan will follow digital communities. Teams will no longer own the dialogue with fans as communities like the NBA-themed subreddit, which has 1.8 million subscribers, has already demonstrated. It's just one more channel teams will have to follow and influence to reach their fans. The fluid fan will be loyal to players, not teams, a la LeBron in Cleveland going to the Heat, then going to the Lakers. The fans quickly follow LeBron to those destinations. Also finding out that most European soccer fans support two teams or support players over those teams in Champions League soccer. The fluid fan will cheer for her values. Nearly three-quarters of consumers under the age of 20 say they're willing to pay more to brands that are committed to positive social and environmental impact. That makes us all feel good. I think this whole Tyreek Hill discussion certainly gets taken up a couple of notches. Now, doesn't it because of that? The Fluid fan will have multiple cells, Twitter, Twitch, Fortnite. Their identities will be less fixed and more dynamic and contextual. And finally, the Fluid fan will be a creator, not just a consumer. As new platforms emerge to support user-generated content, a la YouTube, professional sports will become a platform for the generation of a broader, more dispersed ecosystem, as has already been witnessed in video games with the popularity of eSports. All this distresses me very, very much. And it, it's, and I swear to you, and I'm not pandering to you, when I got into it about Jim Harbaugh earlier and I said, hey, you know, Jim Harbaugh ain't wrong. Ur- Urban Meyer has complexity and controversy that follows him everywhere he goes. I think Jim Harbaugh is a little bit sour grape because he is 0-4, and, and I don't think he's ever going to get a chance to beat, Jim, uh, beat Urban Meyer again. And that's why he was brought into Michigan. And immediately, Michigan State fan ripped me. Michigan fan ripped me, which is weird to get Michigan State fans ripped me, but there we went. And it was all online. And thank you for listening, by the way. Man, that's the beauty of it. Because I see more and more. And I brought this story up, what, two weeks ago, was it, Tom? Or maybe it was last week. I live in Northeast Ohio. Liz, my wife, wants an extra bedroom. Time to move. 
We go looking through houses. I'm on Realtor.com. I'm seeing pictures of the houses. Everything looks okay. I see where possibly their little boy lives in their room on the pictures on Realtor.com. It is chock full of Steph Curry. Four different houses in Northeast Ohio. I walked into a house. I checked the house, and the house is still for sale. I'm not going to tell you where it's at because I don't want to ruin the guy's sale. I walk into a house during an open house. I walk into one of the little boys' rooms. I say, well, obviously, this is going to be where my son. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is all full of Kyrie Irving Boston stuff. Cavs won the championship three years ago. Nothing about the Cleveland Cavaliers in that room. It is Kyrie Irving. It is Boston. And this is right after what happened with him going to the Brooklyn Nets, where I just assume it's all going to be Brooklyn Nets stuff, wherever the new house is that they decide to live in. Now, I don't think you get that in Major League Baseball. You're a Yankee fan. You're a Yankee fan. That's the way you stay. You're an Indians fan. You're an Indians fan. Giants, Dodgers, so on and so forth. I don't think you get that as much in the NFL. I think there are people who really like Patrick Mahomes, but if their own hometown quarterback is good and their team is good, they'll end up gravitating towards their own hometown team. I saw a stark difference in fandom, even being here in Northeast Ohio, where people pride themselves even on being fans of a team that was horrifically bad for a long period of time, and there were a lot of, hey, I really like Andrew Luck, I really like Peyton Manning, I really like Tom Brady, I really like Aaron Rodgers, I really dig the Packers, I really like Carson Wentz, I really like Deshaun Watson. Like, there was young guys who came around, and then Baker Mayfield comes in, and Baker Mayfield starts to show some success immediately back to the Browns. Part of that kind of scares me, doesn't it? That's why I like arguing about college football so much, because if I start to say that one team can't handle it, I get ripped. And I love that. Oh, you're a hater. And I love that. Because to me, this fluid thing, I'm going to sound like an old man all of a sudden. It scares me. I never have played Fortnite. I don't know how to play Fortnite. I think that ninja guy with the crazy hair, people seem to like him. He's never done anything wrong to me, so I don't have a problem with that guy whatsoever. He makes a lot of money. Well, I'm glad he found a way to make a lot of money. Good for him. I got no problem with that guy. I got no problem with any of the other guys who play into the eSports or anything like that. I'd rather you go outside like we did in my day, but I'm a colossal fat ass now, so I really can't judge you for your lifestyle that you like to play. And if you like to play eSports and you're good and you can make money off of it and fulfill your lifestyle, then you go right on ahead and do it. I try and try and try to be as open-minded as I can. But there has to be room for being a fan of a team that you grew up with and you love and you're a fan of that team, and when people say bad things about that team, you tell those guys to go pound sand. And I'm seeing more and more in the NBA, we follow players. Well, that's the easy given example. But I'm starting to see more and more in the NFL. You have quarterbacks, quarterbacks run the league. All of a sudden, there seem to be some more young guys who are Baker Mayfield fans than I ever thought there would be of a Browns quarterback. Certainly a lot of Patrick Mahomes fans who... Yeah, maybe they were wearing Raiders stuff a little bit ago, and Derek Carr has kind of went belly up a little bit, and Patrick Mahomes looks like he's going to be the future of NFL quarterbacking. Even I just admitted, I love Tom Brady. I'm a fanboy totally at Tom Brady. I'm born and raised right here in Northeast Ohio. I should hate the Patriots. I should hate Bill Belichick, and I don't. So even I myself start to wonder about that. 
And I see the fluid fan thing, and I go, gosh, there's a beauty of being a fan of the click nature of defending your honor of your favorite team, your favorite sports entity. But what I see here, hey, you know what? If you're going to let Tyreek Hill play and act a fool, or you're going to let Kareem Hunt come back and act a fool, you're going to do a lot of that stuff, and people don't, have a, don't like that, and they have a problem with it, they're going to be a fan of a team they don't have a problem with. With college football, though, that is my last glorious bastion of you are a fan of this team, and you love this team, and you're with this team, whether you went to that university or not, and you're with them till the day you die. Alabama fans hate it when I bring up that, yeah, you know what? It seemed like Nick Saban yesterday in the SEC media days put a lot of blame on those assistant coaches who are no longer there. Seemed to put a lot of blame on some of them players who aren't already there. Boy, they hate it when I do that. And they get real mad about it. I'm not trying to do it just for a reaction, but that's part of what I love is that you love your team so much that no matter what I say, even if it's fair, and you know deep down it's fair, and you know deep down it might bother you, you're still not willing to, to, you're not willing to admit it. Because, well, just like has been said, you got maybe too much Bama in you. Or you're too big a Clemson fan, and you're the defending national champion, and you've won two out of three, and you're here to take three out of four. Or you're an Ohio State fan, and you're saying, well, why are you forgetting about me? If you're a big Tennessee fan, and go, you know what? We're going to bring back the days of Philip Fulmer, and we have one of those Nick Saban assistants who are going to bring back the days of Philip Fulmer, and we're going to be kick-ass again someday, and the SEC is going to be served notice. Or maybe you're a Georgia fan, and you're going, why haven't you brought up Kirby Smart once during this entire conversation about college football? Why are you telling me that I'm going to be upset with Kirby Smart again when he loses to Alabama again? He's going to be 0-3 against Nick Saban, and then I'm going to end up wanting him fired. You can't tell me how I feel. That's the beauty of college football. That's what I don't get with professional sports. And that's what I do fear with the fluid fan. And I also fear that where, yeah, maybe it does a better job of holding teams accountable, holding organizations and programs accountable, but at what cost? Something you have to monitor throughout time. Because part of what makes sports fun is that, yeah, we're all in our big tribes, we're all in our big gangs, we're all in our big cliques, and we hate those who aren't. Big thanks to everybody in New York. Big thanks to you for listening. I'm Ken Carman. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.